podcast. I am here today with Boone Cutler. He is the co-author of this book, The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. They are on their second book. I really wanted to have it read beforehand, but it is sold out, which is it's a great thing. But hopefully we will get that back in stock soon for everybody. And I'm looking forward to hearing him talk about it today. He has a background in the Army doing psychological operations. So he is really the guy who understands fifth generation warfare. And I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. You got a great studio. You got a great staff, great people. And I love your show all the way around. Thank you so much. So let's uh, start, I guess, from the beginning. What inspired you and Flynn to team up and uh, get this thing going? What inspired us was just frustration, mm-hmm. you know, true frustration, because, you know, you don't have a voice if you don't know the language. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain way, there's a certain language when you talk about the things that are happening right now. And we were really seeing that people were grasping at straws. It's this thing. It's that thing. It's the other thing. Not understanding how the whole thing, how the whole game works together. And so we were literally standing in a hallway. And I know people find this amazing. But one day when when history is written, I want to make sure that this is this is definitely in the movie. Because uh, we were literally standing in a hallway. And General Flynn has his audience that he speaks to sure. when he travels around the country. And I've, I had mine, you know, I spent, you know, better than 10 years working in the veteran space doing advocacy for veterans. And so I had my target audience and there might've been a little bit of overlap, but for the most part, they're two different target audiences. And he, he says to me, he goes, I don't know what to do because every time I get off stage, I explain everything, but then, and, and people feel better about it and they, they, they understand, but I still have so many people coming up to me saying they're just confused. They feel manipulated. They don't understand where this manipulation is coming from. They don't, uh, you know, they don't know what, what actions to take and, and how to, to, to see through it all. And I said, wow, that's really interesting because I'm getting exactly the same thing. And then we started kind of comparing notes. And it was very, very evident. And this is what most people will not see because people are siloed in these feedback loops and these filter bubbles and these echo chambers. Yep. They're siloed. You know, people are separated digitally uh, by by the things they believe and the polarization and all these other things. And I think that's being fed as well. Oh, it's yeah. completely contrived. You know, this is the game. You know, if you can't you divide and conquer, right? They, they keep <laughs> yeah. they keep us divided. And and so we really started looking at it a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. I'm talking to, if I'm talking to a gay black liberal female in Chicago who's saying exactly the same thing as some corn-fed white boy in Alabama who's a conservative, right. and they're feeling the same way, what's causing that? Because there's overlap in these, these target audiences. And then it was like, get generation warfare. Right. This is where we're at. And this is, this is the level that it's taken in the United States. And then we started digging in deeper and, you know, during the research phase, and it's like, okay, it's not just the United States. It's Canada, the UK, the Spanish-speaking countries. It's in, I mean, all across the Spanish-speaking countries. It's in Australia. It's happening, in, you know, France, Germany. It's happening literally everywhere at yeah. the same time. And then, you know, we did a lot, a lot of time figuring, you know, okay, where does this all feed to? Mm-hmm. And what's the purpose of, you know, qui bono? Who benefits and, and how are they trying to benefit? And, and that's, that's when we decided, okay, this is not something we can distill in one podcast <laughs> right, or, right. or one speech. Sure. You know, we have to educate people. And the way you do that in the military is through manuals. 
you know, through education, through training, which he and I are very good at. We're mm-hmm. very good at training people. Sure. And he, from the highest levels of intelligence, and my, myself from in in from the highest levels of intelligence. I mean, you really don't get higher. Yeah. And myself, I'm I'm a groundwork guy. You know, I mm-hmm. work the ground. And um, and so okay, well, how do we combine that together? And take your information from the thirty thousand foot view, right. and my information on understanding how people behave, yeah. and smash it together into a manual so everybody can understand. Yeah, and so I, I say this all the time, and I'll repeat it. Um, you know, because I have a the unconstrained. I'll pull this out too. Just unconstrained analytics. Yes. Yep. And it's also fantastic. I've had uh, Steve on several times. He did a roundtable, and. But this requires such a background. Yeah. You have to have a very solid foundation, either the philosophical presuppositions and jargon or a military jargon. And a lot of people just don't. And that, that's not to dissuade anybody. I mean, I think anybody who wants to dive in absolutely should. But what I love about what you guys did is you took this and made it really accessible for the everyday civilian. You know, and as I was just telling you before we started recording, like if it's supposed to be an experiment of self-governance, we can't have self-governance if we, the people, have no idea what to do. And if we don't understand how we're being targeted, how we're being manipulated, then we can't actually govern ourselves. And we can't work against the opposition who are trying to enslave us. And we, the people, is, is, is so vast. Mm-hmm. You know? And so when we picked, like, okay, wh- where are we trying to reach in this target audience? Mm-hmm. And... I know this sounds crazy, but you know, visually, if you can if you can visualize the average nineteen year old working at Home Depot, yeah, that's our target audience, right? If if we can get through to that target audience, we pretty much got everybody, you know, and and that was that was the focus, you know, how do we reach as many people as we can? How do we say things in a way that so many people will understand? And the feedback tells us we've definitely hit that mark. Yeah. And the Citizens Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare is a series. It's not just, it's not one book. Yeah. You know, session one is, is intro to 5GW. Session two is how to fight artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Because this is our operational environment as citizens. Yeah. You know, we, artificial intelligence is, is definitely creating a, a lot of issues. You know, sure. AI-driven psychological programming. We're not talking about robots when we talk about what we talk about. We're talking about AI-driven psychological programming. It's the thing that's keeping people siloed. It's the thing that are turning families against each other. It's the thing that they're using to turn neighbor against neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, it is the weapon system. And so we talk about that weapon system that's being deployed on on, on our, our citizenry. Not again, not just in the United States, but around the world. Yeah, I, I would argue that it's also the thing that's creating a. Programming, conditioning, uh, and identity building. So people are being fed narratives that are uh, that are become like feedback loops that develop their ident- sense of identity. Absolutely, and radicalization. Yeah. There's a tremendous amount of people, and this is really sad, but there are people out there, young people, that are truly being radicalized, you know, in front of a screen, yeah. and nobody could say who's doing it because the screen disappears. Yeah, right. and, and so it's it's one of those things where you have an adversary out there that is using an invisible hand, yes, and what we call the panopticon effect, which means they can see you, but you can't see them. Oh yes, have you seen? We saw this movie. It was such like blatant predictive programming propaganda. It was called Landscape with the Invisible Hand. Mm, have you heard of this? I'm not. Oh, 
It was, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to sit through it, but definitely at least look at the trailer. And it, they talk about a, it's like an extraterrestrial civilization that comes and takes over and they end up basically creating a new world order by inhabiting us. It, they're the elites, they're the predators who are, yeah, and they create like a neo-feudal system. Kind of, yeah, what the goals seem to be. <laughs> but, but that was the, and it was called Landscape with Invisible Hand. So, that's, yeah. that's very accurate. Yeah. It's very accurate. No, I'll check it out. And, you know, the other movie I, th- I would encourage people to watch is uh, is Mike Smith's movie, Into the Light. It was great. You know, Into the Light really, you know, from a from an audiovisual standpoint, I think really gets people started. Yes. To get the, to, to learn more information. And, and you can you can follow that up, obviously, with what we're doing with the Citizens Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. But I encourage everybody out there, don't even don't even think don't even have a second thought. Just go find Into the Light by Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Re- watch it. Watch it with your friends. Have a watch party. I mean, make it a make it a time because and talk about it and talk and mm-hmm. talk about it. Talk about where you see these techniques happening, and then talk about you know how are you going to keep information clean in your own home yes. and, and amongst your own friends. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. it's one of the few places nobody talks about how uh, Edward Bernays' uh, nephew was so Edward Bernays. I'm sure most of my audience are familiar, but he wrote the book Propaganda. He was one of the forerunners of the Tavistock Institute. And he was a double nephew of Sigmund Freud. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of, he's known as the father of propaganda, although I think Willie Munzenberg might deserve a, an equal share in that title. Um, but his nephew is uh, Mark Randolph Bernays, and he's the founder of the modern day propaganda machine that is Netflix. And you talked about that in uh, the movie, and very few people talk about that. And I think it's very, very relevant today because the technology relevant. for the uh, psychological pro- conditioning and programming is the the technology has changed how it works. But the it's always is monkey very see, similar. monkey do. Yeah, it's exactly. always monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. And we talk about that in session two. We talk about monkey mm-hmm. see, monkey do. Okay. And the effects and and what that's designed to do. And designed to operate and designed to the stru- change the structures in the mind. So it's it's not one of those things where you're just enjoying some infotainment. You're just enjoying a movie. <laughs> right. No, you get lost in it, you know, and you yes. become a little bit lulled. And then you see something and then you emulate that thing uh, because that's what the quote-unquote cool kids are doing. And that's right. the in-group. And you've got an in-group, out, in-group, out-group dynamic that is being leveraged for psychological operations. And in that context, it's really psychological programming, which is a whole other level other than, than psychological operations. Absolutely. So let's back up a little bit and talk about what is fifth generation warfare for those who might not be familiar with the term. Fifth generation warfare, if we take it back to the first generation of war, you know, just like we have generations of, of people, you know, we've got millennials, mm-hmm. we've got Gen Z, we've got boomers, we've got Gen X, which mm-hmm. is the coolest generation. Uh, you've, got, you've got all these. I concur. <laughs> you concur. It's based upon time and it's based upon the, the technology on which these, these groups were raised upon. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing with war. There are generations of war. The first generation of war basically started pre-gunpowder. Right. Okay, so everything pre-gunpowder we consider the first generation of war. And then post-gunpowder, that we start moving into the second generation of war. We start seeing trench warfare. We start seeing uh, you know, bigger weapons. We start seeing artillery, third generation of war. We start seeing, you know, big, big bombs, you know, fourth mm. generation of war. We start seeing things like state and non-state actors. And then the fifth generation of war. It is in the cognitive battle space. Right. 
because now our adversaries realize, and we've had, we we are the same. We've we've seen the same thing for a long time. Is that you don't have to go into a country and decimate it with bombs. You can just in order to change the landscape of the country, you change it politically, mm-hmm. you change it uh, psychologically, you change right. it culturally, and then it becomes the country that you can control from an outside source. Right. Uh, but when you have a nation state that has lockdown borders, that has parental controls or you know parental rights intact, that has a the the Bill of Rights intact mm-hmm. that has these things that makes it very very hard for a foreign entity to to control you. Uh, medical freedom is the same way. Mm-hmm. So there are there are things within this fifth generation of war that really need to be protected, and, and they're all inside the guide. I don't want to give it away because sure. I think people should really take it methodically to understand. Yeah. But once these things start breaking down, you know, borders, parental rights, medical freedom, Bill of Rights. These types of things, once they start breaking down, the Uniparty, the, the influx of the Uniparty, which is a vanguard party, which are pro- pro- professional revolutionaries, and they're knowing and non non-knowingly doing these things. Mm-hmm. So once you start to understand how you break down a nation state to create a new world order, then you can kind of reverse engineer it and say, okay, well, then we definitely need to maintain these things so we can maintain our autonomy. Absolutely. How would you say that this generation warfare is similar to, or are there any differences from like a color revolution, Maoist cultural revolutions, or uh, Marxist type of? All the things you're talking about fit mm-hmm. inside of it. Yeah. You know, and we like to talk about, uh, you know, I encourage everybody watching uh, who hasn't who hasn't read the, the books yet, go look up irregular warfare. Mm-hmm. Go look that up. Go look up the definition and see if that looks a little familiar to you. Sure. Go look up unrestricted warfare. Mm-hmm. And if that definition looks a little familiar to you, well, then you're kind of on to something. Yeah. Go look up hybrid warfare. Now, if that looks a little similar to you, well, then you're probably on to something. And you kind of smash it all together and they overlap into what we refer to as the fifth generation of war. Yeah, yeah. So the, in this, you really walk through some of the like key ways that people, everyday people, can not just, you know, the military and the people who are, uh, you know, in the higher ranks of our political infrastructure can take action and that there really is hope. We can really take back this country. There, There is so much hope, you know, and one of the things that, that we collectively, not mm-hmm. just y'all people, but mm-hmm. we collectively yeah. can do is, one, we have to get ourselves into the physical domain, Right. You know, we we spend so much time in the digital space, but the right. digital space is controlled by our adversary. Yeah, it's contrived. You know, you see a lot of one-sided information. You see selective information. It's all there to create a, a it, to create and condition an emotional response, which cuts down on the critical thinking skills. Yes, but when we start meeting again in physical mm-hmm. spaces. Now we start really communicating. We see people as people, and we can mm-hmm. use our critical thinking skills and, and understand that the person across from us isn't this evil thing who wants to destroy everything we believe in. You know, this is this is what the, the digital space would have you believe that, sure. that that just the common person is is evil, and that's not true. The common person is just like you. The common person is just as confused as you. Mm-hmm. The common person wants answers just like you. Right. Um, and this is what we have to do. We have to re- remain and reattain that humanity amongst ourselves 
So getting off of this, out of the digital space and moving into the physical domain, building reliability networks, as you'll see in the session one, you'll see in chapter eight, we talk about reliability networks and sustainability, which removes the vulnerabilities from the populace from being a, a factor that is controlled by a foreign adversary. Right. So we want to make ourselves more self-sustainable and we want to make sure that we are, we're definitely linking arms with people that can be part of that self-sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned adversaries a lot. Who do you see as being the adversaries? Are they all foreign? Are they, you mentioned the Uniparty, so it sounds like there's some uh, within, but how does, how does that work? Here's where I get into the speech about we have to learn it, right? Mm -hmm. It's too big to, to describe in, sure. in a show. But uh, at the top of the list, yeah. you're going to see organizations like the CCP, like way at the top of the list. You're going to see the World Economic Forum. You're going to see uh, you're going to see Gates, Zuckerberg. You know, you're going to mm -hmm. see all these folks and and how they coordinate things together because right. they have goals that overlap and sure. and they work as a team until they don't. Right. And and until right, their interests compete. Until yeah. their interests compete. So right now they have they have very paralleled interests. And it's kind of like, it's a huge onslaught against all of us. And it involves big tech. It involves what, what we refer to as the uniparty, which is, you know, you've got Republican, you've got Democrat. And then within both parties, you have those that are America first. They're, mm -hmm. They believe in Americans and Americanism. And then on the other side, they're globalists and they work together. So equally, you know, there are, there are these globalists on the right and there are these globalists on the left and they're working together right in the middle. And the purpose is when the government falls and they just consume everything. And now we have, you know, we have a plural government. It's just one entity. And we don't want that. No. You know, we want to have different sides compete and find the right answer. So these are things that it happens at so many different levels. It's within our government. It's outside of our government. Mm -hmm. You know, it's non-government agencies. It's foreign actors. It's non-state actors. And all that works together, and I really encourage people to get the book so they can understand how that happens, right. because it's way too complex. And we have to get away from this. You know, if we could have written the Citizen's Guide, Session 1, if we could have written that in less than 28,000 words, believe me, we would have. Sure. No, I, it's pretty well distilled as it is. Yeah, so. we, we would have written that in less than 28,000 words if we could have. But we wanted to make it comprehensive so people could understand from beginning to end what sure. it looks like. And there's great diagrams in there, too. Mm -hmm. On session two, if we could have told you how to fight artificial intelligence, yeah. you know, basically push back against the AI-driven psychological programming that's happening, if we could have done that in less than 50,000 words, believe me, we would have done it. Sure. You know, but we think that people need to use their critical thinking. Yeah. We need to reestablish critical thinking, okay. not this emotional-based responses constantly. Reestablish that critical thinking, define what it is, know how to do it, put it into action so people can really start thinking for themselves again. We're losing that as a, as a culture, yeah. not just in the United States, but around the world. Oh, yeah. The ability to think things through. And everybody says it. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people say, oh, you, the, people don't think critically anymore. But how many people actually look up the definition mm -hmm. of what critical thinking is and, and how to do critical thinking? You know, it's it's not very many. It's no. just kind of a term that's thrown out there, and and it's a problem that's being identified but not addressed. Mm -hmm. And so we're not just identifying the problem; we're showing you how to address it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I think our education system is a huge part of that problem, mm -hmm. um, and of course, I think the technology has exacerbated it for sure. So with 
artificial intelligence, let's just lay the groundwork before we get into what you define to be artificial intelligence and the problems, we'll outline that. Uh, but I think it's important for people to understand that this type of like psychological programming has existed probably arguably since the beginning of time. You know, they did it through theater, they did it through sports long before we had any type of, uh, you know, technological mediums to tell stories. It's through storytelling that they create narratives that psychologically condition people. And of course, then with television, radio, film, and now social media, that has become like multiplied exponentially. People don't change. Mm -hmm. People really don't change. What we do is we, we're, we're the same, but we live on a different technological platform right. over time. Yes. And, it's, it, and everything is weaponized until something better can be weaponized. <laughs> so this Great. is a rule. Everybody write it down. You know, it's not going to change. Everything is weaponized until something better can be weaponized. So if the best thing that could be weaponized at some point in time was radio, believe me, that was weaponized. Sure. Uh, when it became television, then it became television. When it became okay. theater, it became theater. And now it is a digital platform, 24 hours a day, seven days a week that everybody has in their hand. Yeah. So that is weaponized. And that is weaponized specifically for psychological programming. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think, uh, how has that exacerbated the problem? What do you define, I think people mean different things when they say artificial intelligence. What do you identify that to be and what are the biggest problems that you're addressing. And this is one of those things that really people need to dig into session one, mm -hmm. or excuse me, session two, chapter one, wow. which is we define terms. Great. Because um, you're right, people have different terms yeah. for what artificial intelligence is. And artificial intelligence is really uh, the, the, the main banner. And then underneath there, you have natural language processing, you have Golem class AIs, you have all different types of things uh, that, that really comprise that whole enterprise. Yeah. And and once you understand that, oh, wait, so this thing can make AI smarter in this way, and this thing makes AI smarter in this way, and this one over here make, combines them all to make AI smarter in yet a different way, but at the end of the self, at the end of the day, you have machine learning, and it's going to teach itself more information based upon the information that it has mm -hmm. to get smarter and smarter and smarter. Right. Uh, these Golem class AIs, I think, are, are absolutely amazing. Uh, but people don't have a lot of explanation for for how that occurred, mm -hmm. and and I'll just leave that to people to learn more about that. You know, in, in the in each book, on the opening cover, we have a a clock that's made mm -hmm. up of QR codes, and if you go into that, that's really why the book becomes a multimedia guide, right. not just a book. But if you go into each one of those, it will paint that picture. It will give you the education from from the best experts in the world mm -hmm. to understand how all this works together. And then you go into the book and it breaks everything down. So you're not just getting information from, from text. You right. are getting the information from videos. You are getting information from the experts. It's all compiled for you in one spot. So by the time you walk away, your head will hurt, but you'll be a lot smarter. <laughs> Well, that's great. That's what we need. Uh, <laughs> We're not making maybe it not easy. Maybe not so much the head hurting, but... <laughs> well, I'm saying it, there's so much. Like in session two, you know, we talk about the onslaught of AI. Yeah. And it is. Think about, think about a military onslaught yeah. where you've got artillery, you've got ships, you've got, you know, you've got infantry, you've got cavalry, you've got paratroopers, you've got special operations. It's just all attacking from different angles mm -hmm. in different ways with a different mission. Well, AI has hit us from so many different directions. And in, in chapter three... We really tried to show people it's here and it's here mm -hmm. 
and it's here and it's here and it's here and it's here and it's all working together. And it's by the time when you first start reading chapter three, you're going to be like, huh, that's interesting. I don't think I like it. And then you're going to get deeper into chapter three and you're going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm done being interested. Now I'm getting a little mad. Right. And then by the end of chapter three, you're going to be like, okay, I feel sick to my stomach. What do we got to do to stop this? Yeah. So what do you think some of the biggest potential problems are with AI and uh, the effects of psychological programming that result from AI? Oh, AI-driven psychological programming, what we have is we have foreign entities, mm -hmm. okay, and some maybe not foreign, but mainly it's driven by foreign entities mm -hmm. that are launching these AI systems inside of countries to change the way that people think to change norms, mm -hmm. what, is, what is okay, what is not, what words are okay to say, what mm -hmm. words are not okay to say, what things are okay to talk about, what things are not okay to talk about, um, what is right, what is wrong, who is the adversary, who's not the adversary, and it just keeps, as we call them behavioral nudges, it keeps mm -hmm. nudging, 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 and because we've been on this, on the, on this thing called the internet for so long now, <laughs> You know, they have developed very, very large data sets, which is basically chunks of information. So they take these data sets that have been curated, and the CCP is the largest curator of these data sets. Sure. And these data sets, they use them to train an AI what a human will do under certain circumstances. And in many circumstances, they train an AI what, will, what is predictable, mm -hmm. how they can predict what's going to happen next because they have so much information on how things occur. And this is the scary part. And we get deeper and deeper into AI. And here's where I, I ask your audience and everybody else to be a little bit humble mm -hmm. to, to the concept of, yes, they probably heard about AI. Mm -hmm. They probably, but who did they hear about it from? Their mm -hmm. mom, their dad, a coach, you know, a friend. But, but when you listen to it from experts, you realize that it's more than what you think it is but it's not something that is uncontrollable. And this is, this is the thing. It's more than what you think it is, but it's not something that's uncontrollable. So we have to learn about what it actually is mm -hmm. and take the time to do that. And humbly excuse your own beliefs and thoughts for just a minute, suspend right. those, and get the education and then re-engage your thoughts with that critical thinking and adjust them if need be. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody knows everything all the time. You know, we can all learn. Sure. And so learn from, from, from this aspect, from this standpoint, and then we can move forward uh, and everybody will be on the same sheet of music. You know, we don't have a voice if we don't speak the same language. Right. We don't. And what we need more now than anything is a voice. So we have to speak the same language. Sure. So you say that it's controllable. I know some of the narratives, I, I, I think I'd ask you about this. Are you familiar with the, uh, like the UN 100 and their global reformation for... An AI takeover. Why don't you tell us all about okay. it so well, I can comment I, on what you I can't you go too, I, I don't know too much of the details, but I've only started to read it, and it seems like quite the rabbit hole. Uh, but it sounds like they have plans to create essentially like this AI, AI hybrid mind that's uh, controlling the world is really their goal. Um, you know, they've talked about kind of like a, a cyber uh Controlling force sounds kind of like a cyber Satan, <laughs> um, you know, that's really programming everybody using a, a remote interface. 
And I, the goals sound like they're leading towards, you know, it's a transhuman world where they're remotely uh, interfacing control uh, leading to post-human. You know, they, they do believe ultimately that uh, there will be the majority will be robots and, or cyborg chimeric beings mm -hmm. uh, that are all going to be immersed in a virtual reality as opposed to in the, you know, the domestic domain, you know, the the... The, the physical, physical domain. domain, sorry, yeah, the physical domain is all going to be in a virtual type of a, a world um, that they control. And I think one of the dangers, obviously, all of that sounds really dysopian and terrifying, um, but one of the, I think the bigger, big dangers that were, that's kind of imminent is that people are already very, especially we see a lot of children who are very immersed in this virtual reality realm uh, you know, even just people who spend a lot of time in social media where they're glued to a screen, you see this just, uh, you know, just to bring this uh, home, like, you know, you see it when you're walking across the street and people are so glued, they don't even realize, like, they they missed the step. And, you know, I, I know I've been guilty of that. A lot of us are. This is just kind of the world we live in today. And, but I think what happens is, you know, we talked about the different technological mediums and how things change over that time. You know, when I was growing up, I'll, I'll just bring like a very real example to make this, uh, to codify this for people, so to clarify it. But you think about the the programming that a lot of women got through magazines. and But then when you went, you stepped outside, you know, you could see there were real women, you know, like, right. so, okay, this may be, you know, a photoshopped image, or this may be a, a message that they're trying to convey, or it's in a, a fantasized image, you know, in a movie or whatever. Uh, but it's not reality. You go outside and you see people, you know, who don't, you know, have all of these, uh, you know, it's not a photoshopped image. Um, but then when you have it done in digital and it's a virtual realm, people have a hard time distinguishing because they don't have the reality to buffer against it. Mm -hmm. And that does, you know, that's just one example. There's so many examples. That's just a very, I think love it's one that a lot of people two. can really relate to. You're going to love sessions. All okay. that is addressed. Okay. All that is addressed, and there is a comprehensive plan to stop that, to fight back against it. Okay. Um, one thing I will say, based upon what you just said, you know, the the people always right here, is there is a digital addiction, mm -hmm. and and this addiction is is now becoming generational. You yeah. know, you see parents who, because they want to be like this all day, they give their kids the same, the same, sure. the same addiction, and so then the kids are like this all day. Right. Now, what sense would it me make for a heroin addict? to give their kid heroin so they can do more heroin. <laughs> this is the same logic. Sure. This is the same logic because the addiction is not recognized. It's not, it's not identified. And I ask people out there, we've been talking to people about, you know, for two to four hours a day, just get, during waking hours, not right. while you're asleep, during waking hours, get off your phones and just do something different. Right. Just two to four hours a day. And if after about 10 minutes you start thinking about all the reasons why you can justify being back on your phone, <laughs> that's called addiction behavior. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If it's not, if you're not there earning an income, uh -huh. if you are not hopelessly bedridden, God bless you if you are, and this is your only way of peering outside into the world, sure. um, then why are you there all day long right. doing literally nothing? Yeah. Literally yeah. nothing, except contaminating your brain. And at the same time, why are you, why are you training and conditioning your child yeah. to do that? And so we have to real. that's one element of fighting back against artificial intelligence. That's yeah. one element. Sure. It takes place at the family level, the community level, the state level, the federal level. It takes place at all levels because there is 
that's, those are all the points that the infiltration is happening. And I would even say internationally. But if we don't get this under control, this is the biggest deal I want people to take away from. If we don't get this under control, one day we will all, and I mean all, be living at the behest of artificial intelligence. Yeah. Everything will be controlled by AI and autonomous, and autonomous drones. Yeah. And whoever is the one controlling the autonomous yes, drones and exactly. the AI is the ruler of the planet. Yes. This is the direction things are moving. This is what the uh, UN 100 plans talk about. And they will be the one, if you want them controlling uh, the world, then, you know, yeah. And, and they can prepare it because they have the access. Exactly. But I would suspect before they take control, somebody slams the UN and just steals the whole thing. Because that's the way I'd do it. I sure. mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so hopefully we don't get to that point. Hopefully we don't have I, to. I we they... really don't have to. This is, you know, in psychological operations, you learn a couple of things that I think are pivotal and I think are very, very basic and fundamental. One, you have to understand the vulnerabilities and susceptibilities of your target audience. That right. has to happen. And the other thing is you have to have access to your target audience. Right. Access. If you don't have access, you can't conduct the operation. Right. Well, these machines understand our susceptibilities and vulnerabilities all day long, better than any PSYOP team ever could. And we give them access. We allow it right. because of the addiction. Right. Once we take away the access and start becoming human with humans again, right. they have no power, none at all. Right. Well, that's very encouraging. I, I want to address the, 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 visual, the digital versus uh, the uh, physical domain because I think. I, I've heard this term before, I, I didn't create it, but I, it really resonated because I think it's a real concern is that people are going to start, and they may already be having it, uh, having reality wars. And I don't mean like reality television, but, you know, where they can't discern. It's kind of the analogy I would use um, is like, I, I think we've all had this experience where you have a dream and then you have a, a deja vu experience and you don't know if you had it, if you experienced it before in reality or if it was a dream and it all starts to blend and blur and I think that's what's, I think it's already starting to happen where people have experienced something in the digital realm and they can't discern between did that really it, happen, did it not, what's real, what's, what narratives they're seeing that are real, what's fiction. Let um, me tell you how effective this is, okay. what you're talking about. General Flynn um, was never convicted of anything. Uh -huh. He withdrew a plea. The DOJ re uh, had, re withdrew their case for lack of evidence. Mm hmm uh, and people think that he was in jail and he's a convicted felon. This never happened because wow. all the information they're getting is this. And right. it's 24 hours a day. And someone told them that but never corrected the information. And, and they just ran with it. Right. So talk about being a victim of fifth-generation warfare and truly people living in their own realities and not understanding the facts of what happened. I think General Flynn is an excellent example. And it got to the point that the judge was trying to find, you know, someone to prosecute this case. Well, who wants to go before a judge mm -hmm. that is trying to find someone to prosecute? And that's not very impartial, right? Right. So this is then that's when that's when President Trump came in and he he issued a pardon of innocence. Not a pardon after he had been declared guilty, a pardon of innocence. Right. Totally different game. Sure. And nobody knows this. It's just lost in somewhere on the internet. You know, if you want to find it on Google, expect to, you know, scroll back 10 pages and find a little blip this big. It's not there. 
And nobody, nobody's curated that information to tell people. So this is part of what you're talking about. Yeah. People living in this alternate reality. We've got people out there right now talking about me, about truly, you know, one-sided selective information, putting me in places and th- doing things that is totally out of context, totally wrong, completely a lie. Right. And, and people are buying it. And this, at some point in time, people have to take responsibility for themselves and the information that they put out. Because if this incites someone to be radicalized, this type of behavior against General Flynn, against myself, against you, against somebody else, and people start getting hurt because of people's bullshit. Yes. You know, now we're not talking about just people talking to each other. Yeah. We're talking about things that are being weaponized against people who are truly innocent. Yeah. And that's really scary. What, what are things people can do to look out for? How can they buffer them? I, I mean, obviously, we'll go through the book. It goes through, uh, people should read the book. It goes through much more detail. But if you had to give them some kind of like just very quick kind of things that people can look out for to buffer themselves against some of this programming and some of the, the uh, dialectical tensions that are being stoked. Right. You don't have to go through all the, if you want to bring an example, you can, but we don't have to go through exactly what, but I think people, they, we, we were saying how before, obviously divide and conquer is one of the main names of their game. And I think they do create these very polarized camps intentionally mm-hmm. and people fall for it because humans are. Well, let me first explain yeah. the path to killing, how to okay. get people to kill other people. Yeah. And tell me if this looks familiar. Okay. Tell me if the audience out there, does this look familiar to you? First, we start with polarization. Okay, polarization is the manufactured sense of life and death. The manufactured sense of life and death. If I can get you polarized, I've now shut down your critical thinking skills, pushed you into an emotional state, and you will protect that emotional state because you feel if you don't, you may die and your family may die. That's polarization. From polarization, people move into tribalization. They start tribalizing with other people who have been polarized the same way they are. Right. Now you've got groups that are polarized. Once you have the groups that are polarized, the third thing that happens is dehumanization. The groups that are polarized, that are tribalized, now start dehumanizing the other groups that are polarized in different ways. Once you push these three, the last step is simply killing. That's what happens. So where are we in this country and around the world? Polarization, tribalization, which phase? Polarization, tribalization, dehumanization, and how close is killing? By that metric, I would say killing is actually pretty close. And this is why we need to slow the fuck down, re-engage our critical thinking, become human with other humans, and get off this platform of war, fifth-generation war, which is the digital space. We have to limit that. And if we're going to become polarized, let it be polarization for something you have thought through with your critical thinking skills, mm-hmm. like if you have a true attacker, right. not a manufactured sense of life, a true attacker is perfectly okay to become polarized and then move all the way through that thread to to, to eliminate the threat. That's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. But is that real? If it is real and if it is tangible, then absolutely use your polarization effectively. Right. But if it's something someone else is doing through manipulation, now you're a tool. Now you are being used by some other entity to, to attain their goals and objectives, mm-hmm. not yours. Mm-hmm. This is what people really, really need to soak in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I, I'm just thinking of so many of the examples I'm seeing, and I, I think that all of those stages have been, in many cases, they were definitely dehumanized um, on so many levels. I mean, obviously, the polarization, the tribalization, that we see that, and definitely in the digital realm. Um, unfortunately, what I'm seeing is a lot of that is starting to translate into the physical domain. Uh, people are taking, you know, what they're seeing in the digital realm and these groups and these uh, these identities, really, uh, that they have categorized themselves into. Um, and now they're transferring that into the physical domain and they're tribalizing physically. Once you find the group that has tribalized, and we talk about this in session two, okay. once you find a group that is tribalized, it is, it is really not that hard in, in the digital space to start identifying people for radicalization purposes to, to commit violence. And when people say, oh, we need, to, we need to control guns. No, you need to control AI. Yeah. Because AI is making people violent with guns. Yeah. Guns are not making people violent with guns. Well, AI is making people violent And all with these guns. people who keep saying how the, the Second Amendment is going to protect them, like you can't shoot your way out of a digital gulag, you know? No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You know, we do need to have a Second Amendment. We need to have all of our No, no, I'm not the, saying we don't, but... I think yeah. people feel a little bit too comfortable that that's going to be the be-all, end-all protection when they don't recognize necessarily the threat of being put into a digital prison. What happens when we have digital currency? Right. What happens when, um, you know, literally every plate of food is controlled by whether or not your behavior satisfies someone else's goals and objectives? Yeah. And if you don't have that behavior, now you have no money, now you have no food, now you don't pay your rent, now you can't pay for your car, now you can't pay for your kids' college, on and on and on and on. Now we're looking at total control. So there are ways to deal with all of this, but we are really short on time. And the problem is people won't, uh, there are people out there that are going to want to debate this issue mm -hmm. to the nth degree and really not even have any knowledge on what the issue is. And that wastes time. Mm -hmm. We don't have that kind of time. People have to get smart on what the actual, not the perceived, mm -hmm. but the actual uh, operational environment is. And that's what ma military manuals do. Mm -hmm. That's why we wrote military manuals made for civilians. Yeah. Because people have to get really up to speed right now on what the operational environment looks like right. and what they where, their, where their control comes from, what sure. they can do to make things different. Absolutely. You said that the um, we need to limit our use of the digital realm and limit our use of AI. What are your thoughts on what that looks like? And then how much of that use, is there any of that use that can be beneficial, that can be... All uh, day long. Okay. We have no problem using the, the adversary's tools against them. <laughs> right. You know, that's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> One way that can be used is, you know, we talk about in session two, uh, there's a tutorial in there on, on open source intelligence, how to conduct open source intelligence. So you can use these systems to a degree, okay. because there's a lot of contrived information on the internet, uh, to conduct open source intelligence. The other thing you can do, use them for is to identify a person and meet a person that is uh, to conduct human intelligence, mm -hmm. okay? Because let's say something is happening in Oklahoma City. Right. And the news is just making things all over the place, messaging here, messaging there, inflaming everything around the planet. Okay, and you start doing your open source intelligence and you go through the process and you realize, hey, there's, there's other things probably happening, but I need to confirm it. How do I get the validation? 
where you go through a validation process on the open source intelligence, but also you can use these machines that go on Twitter. You see a person that talks and they're from that area. Well, mm -hmm. then make contact with them through a private message or another mm -hmm. way and just say, hey, can I talk to you? Right. Can we talk to each other? What is happening there? Right. Can you just tell me what you see? And if that person goes, I see 15 people who are walking around saying, hey, I got paid 40 bucks for this. What would you guys get paid? You know, <laughs> Then that, that information is good. Now we've yeah. gone, we, we've, we've eliminated the, the PSYOP factors. We're talking as people, as humans again, right. and finding out the actual ground truth. This eliminates a lot of problems. In other instances, we talk about it like, okay, say you've got an Uber, you, something's going on. Hey, Uber driver, because you can get Ubers to take you, for, you know, if you're not there, you can order one for a family member in another state to drive them to, you know, yeah. there's all these different ways. Okay, well, uh, hey, Uber driver, I need you to drive to this place, take out your phone uh -huh. and do a 360, get some video, let me see what it looks like, and then send it to me on my phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that looks totally different, well, then you've utilized their tools for mm -hmm. your benefit. Sure. You can do the same thing with businesses. You know, you find a business that's in an area, people are saying a bunch of stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. Call over there. Be a little bit savvy. Be a little bit smooth. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's going on? You know, are you guys open? Because I hear there's some crazy stuff going on. Yeah, yeah we're open. Everything's fine. <laughs> right. Okay, well, now we can lower the emotions. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more and more of this type of behavior because people don't trust the news. You know, That's people good. don't trust their politicians. <laughs> right. You know, so where else are you going to get information? You're mm -hmm. going to get information from each other. Be yeah. human with humans. Yes. This is the key. So key. So key. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit. You, you do some work with, in the music industry, and you've talked a little bit about the healing power of art. And, of course, social media is really uh, being used as a huge medium for all of that right now. Uh, so I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on the role that, uh, because from my research, you would know probably much more than I would uh, directly, but from my research and my, and my little experience in, you know, Hollywood and the entertainment industry, uh, it does appear that a lot of psychological programming and social engineering occurs through uh, co-option of the arts and entertainment. And, uh, you know, that's not that I think it's done because it does have the power to be so incredibly healing and so incredibly uh, beneficial, but of course, you know, any powerful tool can be used for good or for evil. So what, yeah. what are your thoughts on all of that? And Well, you know, what's the intention of the person mm -hmm. who's behind the message? Right. You know, I think that's a big deal. You know, what's the intention of the person behind the message? And if the intention behind the person is something that you logically thought about, mm -hmm. like, like I have a song coming out right now that I co-wrote with some great people here in Nashville. And the song is specifically to raise awareness and to bring attention to suicide among first responders and, and military veterans. So this is, you know, what's the intention of the person behind the song? What's my intention to, mm -hmm. you know, to stop suicide? Sure. Among, especially since all this defund this and defund that. I mean, that's really caused a, a lot of issues, sure. you know, within the first responder community. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's right. You know, I simply don't think that's right. I think these are... You know, by and large, they're good people doing good things. You yeah. know, I mean, there's assholes everywhere, but they're good people doing good things. And in the in the veteran community, you know, we've we've been fighting the suicide issue for a number of years. I wrote something called the Spartan Pledge. We do Spartan Pledge ceremonies around the country, and nobody in my org gets paid for this. Everybody's mm -hmm. a volunteer. 
and and it's it's worked out very well. We have a sword that was made from the metal of the World Trade Center. Oh. It's very 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 powerful, Spartan yeah. sword. And so we travel around, we show that, we display that to to honor and respect those who who lost their lives on nine eleven. Right. And and this is this is the thing, you know, and 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 the intention is clear. It's been there for a long time. So I would say that you know if if you're worried about something like that, one. You know, look at the intention behind the person doing the production, doing mm-hmm. the producing of what's happening. Yeah. And the other thing is, does it is it values aligned with something you truly believe in? Right. And if it is values aligned with something you truly believe in, that you see this isn't, it, it's not bad, it's not creating problems. Well, then then you're okay. But drop it down a notch too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think we've all kind of, you know, been in a mosh pit. You know, at some point in time, and got <laughs> overwhelmed by the. The amount of emotion at certain locations. Sure. But, uh, and that's fun. Uh-huh. But that's not the way you live your life. Right. Right. You know, you don't live your life in a mosh pit. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> Let, let's hope not. Enjoy the crowd. Have a great time. But, you know, when, when you get in your car and you're driving home, dial it down. You had a yeah. great time and that's, leave it right there. Right. I guess my concern has a little bit more to do with the central centralization of locus of power. So I see, and I, I guess we can talk about this both in terms of AI and uh, you know entertainment because I see it as kind of similar, right? You have there's a lot of part of why we did the Cause Fest was to give a platform to independent artists, independent right. creative artists, because I think that they have the power to effectuate uh, change in the culture, but the independent artists are usually, they don't have the same strings being pulled on them. So they're often people who may see color outside the line, so to speak, you know, see outside of the dialectical narratives that have been spoon fed to the masses. And they're more likely to do it in a way, uh, because they're divergent, they're more likely to do it in a way that could be compelling, enticing, you know, potentially beautiful. Um, oh, so you want to create balance. Uh, yeah, that's an amazing thing to have balance, <laughs> non-polarizing balance. I think that's a good idea. No, you're right. You know, I think Cosfest is an amazing thing. I, I think Cosfest will just grow and grow and grow over the years, and it should because the people need to have that balance. You know, it's not something that is contrived from on high to make sure the message is consistent with what the CCP wants for their cultural revolution. Yeah. It's not that. It's it's there's balance to that. What about Americanism? Mm-hmm. What about people who care about the country? What about people who are not pushing a, a Marxist Maoist agenda? Right. You know, what venue do they have? Yeah. And by creating that venue, you're creating balance. And we want to have that. We don't want political pluralism and we don't want we don't want that in our messaging either. We right. want people to 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 kind of look at all of it and make a mm-hmm. decision. Yeah. But if they don't have it available, exactly. then they yes. can't. So I think what you're doing is, is pivotal. I think it's phenomenal. And I, I just you. hope you continue to do it. Thank you. Well, yeah, that's the plan. We definitely will. Um, the next plan is in uh, Florida. So hopefully we'll continue to travel through the country. What are your thoughts about that with AI? Because I think that's also a really big concern is that so many of the you know injectors of the messaging and the programming are coming from this very centralized, you know, you, you had mentioned some different entities, and of course it's not always the same. I know people want to point it, the finger always <laughs> one specific spot, but it does appear that there's a lot of this uh, programming and the injection of this messaging, um, you know, and the pulling the levers is coming from something that is 
well above, well above just like the everyday person. And oh, well then above. if it's fed, that's at least how I see it, by sometimes these individuals and then uh, that, those levers of power get pulled on them as well. Uh, I, uh, well, and also we want to make sure that we say, and this is why it's so, I caution people, like mm -hmm. even in my own interviews. Sure. You know, it's not, uh, you know, there's no way I can give you all the information, you sure. know, and that's why we wrote the books. Yeah. But there are some great things about AI, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the medical sphere, AI is diagnosing cancer long before a human could. That's yeah. good. Yes. You know, um, there's one guy out there who's, who's building an AI system so he can talk to whales. I want to talk to whales. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool, you know. I mean, that's okay. That's good. Um, cool. So we do have to decide, you know, how are these things pro-human? Are they pro-humanity? Yeah. Is it meant for, for contriving human emotion to, for a, a specific response that is mm -hmm. not good for humanity? You know, these things have to be evaluated. Yeah. And there's an evaluation process that's already been that's already been established, okay. and we talk about that in session two. So, Great. am I saying all AI is bad? No, but the stuff that is bad is really, really bad. Really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really bad. So let's get that under control. Yeah. You know, let's get that under control because it it is today's. You know, put it this way: it is more dangerous than a nuclear weapon, and you can make more money from it than oil. Scary comp scary. Yeah, that's scary. a very scary combination. That's a scary combination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're very confident that through these measures that it can be stopped, the, or at least the evil. Uh, I am 100%. 100%. But it takes all of us. You know, it takes yeah. a directional change on, on how we see this mm -hmm. and what it, you know, where is, and we put a lot of positive things inside session two about you know it can do this and it can do that and that's good mm -hmm. and it could but this this and that so, you know the Internet of Things could be a good thing might be a real bad thing the Internet of Bodies in some ways it might be a good thing in other ways it might be a really bad thing so how do we hedge our bets and make sure everything is pro humanity and keep humans with the ability to remain human yes. So you mentioned like the central bank digital currencies and uh, some of these other technologies, you know, like there's like the smart cities, the 15 minute cities, geofencing. Oh, you mean the concentration camps? Yeah, <laughs> those. Uh, if we're talking about, you know, the 15 minute cities, you're really looking at a modern day concentration camp. I know. In literally a heartbeat. It's one, one button push. And this is what people, they should absolutely be looking at those cities as. It is a modern-day concentration camp yeah. um, at will, at will. And I don't think anybody wants that. I don't think anybody sensible could. No. Uh, only the people that are trying to control the population. Exactly. So, you know, humans need to be humans. Human needs to be, humans need to be free-roam humans, you know, yeah. free-range humans. And this is, this is what we do. And this is the way we should stay. That's I, I couldn't agree more. So when you talk about these things that are kind of looming and coming down the pike, and the the the, the opponents of humanity, if you will, uh, are really trying to push, and I think it is to enslave us, enslave us all. What are some of the things that everyday people can do? Because there's they they use they use like the Fabian socialist methods of incrementalism, right? They don't, they don't just all at once put us all into these smart cities. They have us often, you know, they have us uh, 
they, they exploit the best aspects of humanity in order to get us to buy into these things right. that are going to ultimately be weaponized against us. And it, we're seeing it with things like, I, I just saw, we, we went last week when we went to Vegas just to, to fly, they, they wanted to take these pictures of us. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I asked them. Last I said, time I saw that was Abu Dhabi. You oh, know what I mean? That's, yeah. That's, seriously. It's, that's, yeah, yeah it's, scary. And I asked, I, I said, what's this about? Because it says, you know, it will be deleted right away. And I'm like, well, if it's going to be deleted, what's the point of this? They said, oh, facial recognition. I said, well, thank you so much for being honest. At least. <laughs> Do you know in, in Brazil, they're using, everybody thinks this is just China. Uh-huh. But you can read about this in session too, and so much more. But in, in Brazil, they're using facial recognition and, and using AI systems outside um, to watch people. And then if the AI says that person's movements and their facial expressions mean they're going to commit a crime. And people are being arrested. This is like... This okay, is so and we're not talking about China. We're talking about Brazil. Brazil. Gee, one of the BRICS nations. Right. Pay attention, people. That is horrifying. Pay yeah. attention, people. Yeah, like I said, you get to session three. At first, you're going to be, wow, I'm, I don't think I like that, but it's interesting. Halfway through, you're going to be like, uh, I'm not so sure about this. And by the time you're done with chapter three, you're going to be pissed. Truly pissed. Truly pissed. And you're going to want to know what to do. Yes. And that's what the rest of the book is all about. Okay. What you can do. Good. At least we, we have some tools. Now, General, I don't want to say this very clearly. Yeah. Uh, General Flynn and I are never going to be the folks that, that create hysteria right. without showing people how they can empower themselves and and do something as a response to stop what's happening. Right. And that's the whole point of Emmanuel. It's about answers, about solutions, about how to deal yes. with the situation, not about hysteria. You're going to see a lot of people out there that, that really do write a lot of stuff just to get people, again, emotional. Right. But they're not creating solutions. And we're, we're never really going to do dangerous. that. really dangerous. <laughs> yeah. We are never going to do that. If you read session one, you see there's plenty of solutions. So in there. many. And really, really accessible things that really just, as you said, the you know 19-year-old at Home, Home Depot, Depot can understand and do. Yeah. So we can, all can t- do. Not just understand it, but can take <clears throat> actionable steps. Yeah. We, we can all take action. Yeah. We just need to know what to do, where to do it, how to do it, and who right. to do it with. Right. And, and that's, what, that's what we're going to continue to do before the end of the year. We hope to have out session three, Great. which is asymmetrical political warfare. Okay. Which gets really deep into the corporatocracy. You know, what is a corporatocracy? Capitalism, when it becomes corrupt, becomes a corporatocracy. Right. You know, corporations start controlling government, start controlling populations. Mm-hmm. And what happens when the corporations are foreign influenced by, by corporations like BlackRock? Right. Like, you know. Now we have what another. What happens when they're supranational entities? <laughs> now we start having control at a different level. So you've got the AI systems that are they're on one attack vector. You've got the corporatocracy on another attack vector. Yeah. And who's controlling these things? Right. You know, if you look at all the, if you look at a lot, I would say most actually, uh, you know, using the pronouns and yeah. the, the this, that, and the other thing. You know, that was pushed down through corporations. Totally. Telling people, put this on your email. The this DEI, is the way the ESG. The yep. ESG. And the, I mean, and that's been a total failure because it's been a total failure. And I, I think there's going to be not just, you know, citizen pushback, but, but corporations are pushing back saying, hey, listen, I got shareholders. You, you're pushing this stuff on me. And, you know, look at Target, look at Bud Light, you know, mm-hmm. look at look at all these other. But also, I would encourage people to, here's where the good news is. Okay. 
where we talk about, you know, in my community, in, in SIOP, we talk about impact indicators. Yeah. You know, where can we see indicators of impact? And look at Tom McDonald's songs. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. Every time one comes out, what's the message? Huge. You don't get that from the other side. No. Look at Jason Aldean's song. Tried to cancel it, just mm-hmm. got bigger. Went mm-hmm. huge. Target. Um, Bud Light. Mike Smith's movie, Into the mm-hmm. Light. Sound of Freedom. Huge, mm-hmm. huge, 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 bigger than the everything else going on. Yeah. So what does that tell you? It tells you that people are willing to support something without exposing themselves, either through boycott mm-hmm. or through watching a film and, tell, and, and communicating that to people around mm-hmm. them, which right. is huge. Boycott. Boycott, I think, is really, really powerful. I mean, boycott has its place, but boycott is really... Boycott is great. I, I'm glad you said that. I'm actually going to work that in. So... If you look at these impact indicators, look at a Trump rally mm-hmm. in the physical domain. Huge. Mm-hmm. Look at anything on the left. Okay, look at anything uniparty. Right. It's not there. No. So the truth of the matter is that we are the big dog on the porch. Yeah. But we don't know it. Yes. And as soon as we start acting like the big dog on the porch, mm-hmm. the entire landscape changes. But we need to know what to do with our energy. Yes. And so we're helping people understand what to do with their energy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I have one more question on this because it, there, I, I do agree with you. It's, it's really, I, I think the one honest dialectic, because there's so many false dialectics, false managed dialectic, but the one honest one I think really is we the people versus the, uh, the parasites, <laughs> you know, uh, we, can, we can call them whatever we want to call them. But I think that's one thing they kind of share is they're parasitic. Um, but I, and that we, the people, are obviously and uh, of all over the world. It's the free yes. people are way outnumber, way outnumber them. However, what I do see happening is there's, and this is really your area of expertise because this is in the realm of psychological operation. I see that they're targeting, you know, like the, these different, like the MAGA groups. They target the uh, the truther movement, the freedom, whatever label you want to put, but they target them to splinter them and to create. Uh, you know, cognitive infiltration and, you know, counter-intel pro movements, uh, really just disinformation, misinformation that gets sprinkled in there in order to splinter them. What are your thoughts on that? And what can we do to buffer ourselves against that? <laughs> well, you know, look at, I think AI is look at the people that are, look at the people that are doing it. Mm-hmm. Have they ever done anything but, with their life? <laughs> like seriously, have they ever done anything with their life? Mm-hmm. Usually no. So they're easy co-opted. They're right. easily co-opted. But I, I think I think people are really, really smart, you know, and I think people can smell bullshit from a mile away if they just allow themselves to do it. Yeah. I also think people are scared. They are. And and they're confused. Yes. And we need to remove the confusion and the fear by showing people the techniques mm-hmm. and the doctrine that is used by the adversary so they can make good decisions and understand who the real people in the game are mm-hmm. and who the false prophets are. Yeah. It's yeah. all about understanding doctrine and technique. We, General and I, we don't write anything in these manuals that's political. It's purely doctrine and technique from an Intel standpoint and from a PSYOP standpoint. Mm-hmm. So we're teaching people doctrine. And from that doctrine, you use your own thinking. I love it. Well, I, I'm so grateful for all the work you're doing. I highly recommend anybody, and I don't, I, I don't, I'm not getting any kickbacks on this. Like, I really do use, I reference it in almost every podcast. 
Um, I just think it is so incredibly powerful and accessible, which is what people need because we're, I think so many people are so overwhelmed. And I think by design, it's information overload, which is designed to destabilize, to confuse, to demoralize, dehumanize, um, you know, and ultimately for all the steps that you uh, laid out. And uh, I think that when, if they have very tangible, actionable items and things are laid out very clearly for them as you've done, then there, there's some power that we can take back. And uh, just, you know, if nothing else, just for our little communities, you know, I, I love when you, you guys talk about how local action leads to federal impact. And I think it's just so ironic when you talk about, I know it's not necessarily political, it's a doctrine oriented, but I, I think it's just ironic that the left talks about how they want this big bloated government apparatus. But when you look at their actions, what do they do? They infiltrate, right? The long march through the in institutions and it's on the very local grassroots level. They infiltrate every institution imaginable um, from the bottom up mm -hmm. and it's incredibly effective. You talk to the, the right, Ideologically, they talk about we want limited government. We want small, uh, you know, powers of of uh, uh, apparatus. Uh, but what do they do? They <laughs> they get mobilized every four years for a federal election, and and obviously it's not everybody. But you know, this is kind of the general behavior versus ideology, and I just think it's very ironic. And uh, we need to, everybody needs to take action locally, take care of themselves, get prepared, uh, you know, do what they can to empower themselves, take control of the things they can control, and of course, protect their loved ones and their communities. And I think from there, if we all did that, we, we might see a very different society. And that's the slogan, no, no, you know, local action equals national mm -hmm, yeah. impact. That's the slogan. Right. But you have to have the training. To do it. And to understand what that means. Mm -hmm. So the slogan was put out there. Yes. Everybody agrees that's the right thing to do. Yes. Now you have a way to understand what that means and what exactly to do by the how steps. How to do it. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I'm super excited. I can't wait to read number two and I can't wait for number three. Uh, so if you have anything else you want to add, please do. And uh, tell everybody where they can find you, find your work, find your books. I hope nobody finds me, to be honest with you. No. <laughs> Uh, All right, don't find him. <laughs> I, I'm pretty much everywhere, I, you know, doing a lot of shows right now, and it's fantastic, a lot of great people like yourselves. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, you can find me online. I'm pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, in that space. But, um, I, and I love meeting people, you know. Mm -hmm. That was a joke, you know, when I'm out at events and stuff. And I'm getting these things now. Like, I, I was just at an event, and people walk up to me with like, okay, in Chapter 4, you said this, and I've got this situation, so what do I do in this situation? Yeah. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I was like, okay, tell me your situation. What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. Okay, think about doing these things. And that's even taking it to a whole a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And I think pretty soon you're going to start seeing some really great online training. You're yeah. going to start seeing some, uh, you're, we're going to go on tour, start talking great. about taking questions and really, awesome. really organizing, you know, organizing areas mm -hmm. uh, and, and making sure they have the tools to do what they want to do. Awesome. I'm so sorry. I have two more questions for you. One more is, uh, okay, I'm seeing a lot of, especially the Gen X and the millennials, and I, I encourage this. I think it's wonderful, but I'm seeing a lot of parallel systems being created. However, some of these people are opting for parallel systems that are completely outside of the mainstream system. Um, they're kind of just like opting out altogether. And what are your thoughts? Uh, we'll start with that question. What are your thoughts You're on that? You're talking and about 
you know, being involved in voting and things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not just, that's one, that's a big one. But there's, I, I'm seeing it really in everything. It's like, I, and my, I'll just share where I come from on this. Like, personally, I, I really encourage people doing parallel systems. I think people should build parallel, you know, whatever financial security they can build, whatever medical freedom, uh, you know, systems they can create. Uh, educational. I'm a huge advocate for people homeschooling. There's a lot of people using the books for homeschooling now. Yeah. A lot of people. And it's it's getting great feedback. No, I encourage the parallel systems, you know. I just it, think that you you create, uh, that just to finish this up, I, I, I think that you create these parallel systems, but I'm not so sure that completely opting out of the main system, uh, you know, to me it looks like forfeiture. And uh, I don't know that that's the best I think you kind of create parallel systems while still fighting within the system, but I don't know what are your thoughts on that. It's good to secure your ground while mm-hmm. maintaining the ground you have. Right. New ground plus the old ground. Uh, and I think that's the best way to do it. You know, we can use, just like we're using their tools for our benefit. Yeah. I think it's the same principle. Okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of how, how I see it too. I feel, I'm, I worry a little bit about people just completely opting out because that to me does look like surrender. And it just empowers. I think the it's, it's an impact indicator. People want peace. Right. There's too much anxiety. There's yeah. too much polarization. So they're like, I'm just stepping out. Yeah. I don't blame them. I don't either. I, the I don't sentiment blame them at I get. All. I don't blame them at all. But you know, you got to stay in the fight. Yeah. You got to stay in the fight, and it's go time. So yes. stay in the fight. Make yourself secure. Uh-huh. Make yourself self-sustaining. Have your reliability networks. Yes. But use those tools to change the physical domain where you're at. Yes, absolutely. What are your thoughts on, I, it just appears as an outsider, I personally don't have any children, but it does seem like a lot of these uh, sci- psychological operations are targeting children. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like one of the rules of revolutions is to separate the children from the family. And uh, so do you have any thoughts on what parents can do? And Session what, two, chapter nine. Okay. <laughs> Get it all. I, Get I all the information. Yeah. <laughs> Session two, chapter nine goes right into that. Okay. And and it's it's the right answer. It's the right answer. Okay. Um, and session two, chapter nine. That the title of that chapter is called "AI is the New Crack." Yeah. Okay. So get the crack away from your kids. Yeah. All right. Well. Well. Again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.